The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What's going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 44 of the Fretzelmania podcast, DMD's Nuts. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be found on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast on all common listening platforms. And today, I talk about NWA 73, AEW All Out, baby, and Monday Night Raw from September 10th, 2001. Canyon defends the U.S. title against Tajiri. Christian has recently turned heel and... Kurt Angle and Stone Cold are on a collision course to Unforgiven. Grab a drink, folks. This is going to be a doozy. Folks, I don't want to dwell too, too much on these things, but I do want to at least mention them. This Saturday, the 11th, is of course the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The most horrific thing I have seen in my entire life, even still to this day. Uh, But with all due respect to that... uh, It was the last thing on my mind, because also at the same time, 20 years ago, my father was going through cancer surgery. He had some stuff done, like in his jaw and his mouth. It's too long and graphic to talk about. Uh, The 11th is also his birthday, so I was going in to see him for his birthday, but, you know, he... He couldn't really talk, so he had like a little a dry erase board and he would, you know, just write something in the air when he wanted to say something. And uh, if, I, if I can share a, a highlight here, uh, I went to him and, you know, because we could only have like one or two people in the hospital room with him and saying, hey, uh, just want to let you know, Dad, that uh, Andrew, my, my, fun, my buddy, Wakely, shout out to Wakely, says hi and hopes he's doing well. And he, you know, motioned pen in the air that he wanted to write something down. And then he would write down, fucking loser. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're still there. I knew that his sense of humor is still sharp as a tack. So I know that, you know, my old man was in there somewhere. So, you know, since then, my dad has had, like, he's had radiation done. He's on oxygen today. And... He sleeps a lot, but he'll get out every so often, you know, to play lottery or just uh, sit on the porch and relax or go for a walk up and down the street, not too far because, you know, oxygen. But I just wanted to mention those things. And also, unfortunately, last week, the wrestling world also lost Daphne. Uh, This was also after she 
did this really awful video that was doing the rounds on socials. I never saw it. I'm not seeking that out because it is just, uh, I, I can't with that kind of stuff. It's just so horrible. And especially now knowing allegedly that she took her own life. Uh, it's awful. Folks, I just want to remind you, even if you think you're alone, you're not. There are people out there you can reach out to. There's there's the kids help phone. There's the suicide hotline. There's you know there's even ones that you can text. You know there's friends and family. If you don't have that, you got people. You can send me a DM, folks, uh, just to let you know. There, I love yous. And let's talk about some wrestling, eh? Now, while I watch the Toronto Blue Jays currently lead the New York Yankees in the top of the third, they'll probably blow it because, you know, it's a Toronto team. I want to talk about a couple of events that happened recently. NWA 73 was uh, Sunday or two ago. I don't remember exactly when because time is a bitch. Nick Aldis defended his NWA championship against the career of one Trevor Murdoch. Now, y'all might remember Trevor Murdoch from his run in the Ruthless Aggression era as one half of the multi-time Raw Tag Team Champions with the late, great Lance Cade. I have one specific memory of Trevor in the WWE when him and Lance were kind of uh, on the rocks as a tag team, his way of apologizing to him was to sing Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. And uh, if I were Lance, that'd be like, hey, apology accepted. Let's go down to where the whiskey chases my blues away, and I'll be okay. I think I'll go down to the Oasis. Oh, I've got friends in low places. Yeah, I love me some Garth Brooks. Don't judge me. And yes, now I know I got it wrong. The whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Shut up. And this was your classic 80s NWA match. This was Flair and Steamboat. Flair and Harley. Flair and Sting. Like, your dusty finishes, your near falls. The shenanigans. You know, foot on the rope spot. Uh, everything. It was just so damn entertaining. And Trevor Murdoch, a student of Harley Race, I believe a longtime friend of the Race family, won that same NWA title that his idol Harley won. The lineage that goes back even further than the Reformation, the formation of NWA 73 years ago. One of the oldest promotions in the world, right up there with, I think it's, it's either CMLL or AAA. It's one of the Mexican ones I know that are very, very old. So congrats to Trevor Murdoch. Also, last night, you know, the time I'm recording this, on September 5th, was AEW All Out. And wow. Wow. Like where, <laughs> where do I start? I'm just going to run through this event quickly. Uh, if y'all haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you do. This might be the best pay-per-view of the year right now at at this time. 
But during the buy-in, we were supposed to see the Women's Casino Battle Royale. But thanks to the cancellation of Andrade El Idolo and Pac, I mean, ouch, because that match will be a banger. Apparently on Rampage coming up soon. I am definitely all for that. Uh, but during the buy-in, we had the Hardy family office of Angelico, Jack Evans, Isaiah Cassidy, and Mark Quinn. Oh, and Big Money Matt Hardy versus Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, and the Jungle Express. And this was just a big smorgasbord multi-man tag team match with Jungle Boy getting the win with the snare trap, the STF. Fantastic opener here. Get the crowd going hot. And to open the whole show, we had... AEW TNT champion, the Redeemer, God's favorite champion, Miro, going up against the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. And this whole thing about Redeem D's nuts was absolutely hilarious. The crowd was chanting that. And you had Miro having the old uh, the old dusty finish here, the old almost accidentally bump the ref in the corner. And then while he's not looking, mule kick. Eddie in the nuts and do two super kicks and pin him. Apparently we're getting another show with AEW in Queens. I I could see them having a rematch and Eddie winning that title there. That would be awesome. John Moxley against NJPW legend Satoshi Kojima. The forbidden door has been kicked open once again, says Excalibur. And <laughs> just wait till after this match, which was your stiff Strong style, just taking lumps out of each other kind of match. It was so damn entertaining. Eventually, Mox would win with the Paradigm Shift. And after the match... Oh my gosh. The only man that could strike fear into Mox's eyes and make him go, Oh shit. Minoru Suzuki... Gets in the ring, has a stare down with Mox. They begin to exchange a bunch of forearms. Suzuki applied the rear naked choke on Moxley and then spiked him with the gotch style pile driver. And we're getting this match on Dynamite this week, so it'll already have happened by the time you hear this show. I am so watching that match. AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker, DMD, against Chris Statlander. This was, this match ruled. I mean, these two ladies absolutely tore it up. Britt Baker even kind of gave us a little preview for later in the night. Maybe gave us a little Easter egg with the Panama City Sunrise, or the Pittsburgh Plunge, as the announcers called it. And then eventually, she gets the win with the, the Mandible Claw. What? What does she call her mandible claw? Ah, yes, the lockjaw. Statladder had had no chance. She tapped out here. Fantastic women's championship match. Saw so backstage, Alex Marvez was having a chat with Andrade del Idolo. And he's like, oh yeah, something about Pac's flight being canceled. Saying, oh yeah, he was scared, blah, blah, blah. So instead, they're going to have a match on Rampage. Next match here. Holy shnikes. 
AW Tag Team Titles on the line in a salad steel cage. The Young Bucks going up against the Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers have a spectacular special interest with... I don't know who those rappers were, but apparently it was a pretty big deal. And it was really, really good. Uh, Don Callis joins the commentary team for this match. And I can't do it justice by giving you the spots here. Go out and watch it for yourselves. This is the best tag team match I have seen in years. This is a front runner for match of the year. I mean, I have it at number two right behind Walter and Elia right now. I mean, you had that one spot where all of them did a super kick and they're all still trying to stand up. Uh, the Young Bucks even brought out a thumbtack studded sneaker. You had a bunch of dives off the cage. Then you had finally the, the spike package pile driver by the Lucha Bros. And we have new tag team champions in the Lucha Bros. Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. Wow. Just wow. The Women's Casino Battle Royale. Now, the format for this, for me, is a little weird. I mean, it's, it's a Royal Rumble, but then you have suits like spades, clubs, diamonds, hearts, and it's a set of a few different women. Your participants were Abaddon, Anna Jay, Big Swall, Diamante, Emi Sakura, Hakurushita, Jade Cargill, boo, Jamie Hayter, Kira Hogan, Kylan King, Layla Hirsch, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Rebel, Red Velvet, Riho, Sky Blue, Ty Conti, The Bunny, Thunder Rosa, and a mystery entrant. The Joker, who wound up being, as predicted, the former Ruby Riot, Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho, coming out to the titular song by one of my favorite bands of all time, Rancid. I lost my mind when I heard Rancid. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands, and it's also, in my own little way, in my own um, <clears throat> world, in my own mind, seeing that and hearing Rancid as an entrance theme was kind of a tribute to uh, an old friend of mine I used to hang out with in high school. We lost touch over the years, but we were really tight for a good little while. And we used to love listening to Rancid, specifically the album and out come the wolves, which has Ruby Soho and my favorite song by them at alleyways and avenues. And you know, Brett, his name was Brett. He passed away in January. He was my age and it was, yeah, it was so sad, but hearing Rancid as a wrestling thing, he didn't even like wrestling. I mean, I used to actually watch wrestling with his dad the odd time. Like, we'd be waiting for Brett to, I don't know, do something, get ready for us to go out and have fun. And then his dad would be sitting in the living room watching Monday Night Raw. This was like during the Bischoff running the show era. So that's how long ago, <coughs> excuse me, that was. Apologies for that there. I'm not sick or nothing. I don't got the COVID. I don't have a cold. I had a hint of a cold like last month, but once in a while, I just, it gets all up in my chest. 
Uh, maybe I need to get my inhaler back because I have had asthma in the past, but I haven't been one of those asthmatics that always needs an inhaler if, if you know what I mean. Eventually, Ruby Soho has a face-off with Thunder Rosa, them being the last two in the ring. And, oh my gosh, give me this match immediately. Ruby Soho wins the Casino Battle Royale and is the number one contender to Britt Baker DMD at a future show. Please save this for a little bit further down the line. Burn this out until, like, full gear or something. So we get a good build for a women's title match. MJF versus Chris Jericho. And in the city where Jericho debuted with the WWE with the Millennium Countdown Clock, we see the Millennium Countdown Clock. Five, four, three, two, one. Fireworks. MJF themes played, <laughs> and that just sent the crowd into a booing frenzy. Got the most heat of the entire night. It was so damn good. Jericho then had his special entrance, but it was accompanied by the guitarist for Fozzie, and I don't know what was wrong with this whether the guitar mic was too loud or something was distorted. Somebody on Twitter actually clarified that for me because I was tweeting along on the war account throughout the whole night. Thank you very much for people who were following, by the way. But it didn't sound right. It sounded like distorted or something. And then a lot of us online were making uh, Rick Boogs jokes because uh, it, it didn't sound good. The crowd was trying to sing along with it and it just sounded off and speaking of dusty finishes here we had a spot here where mjf seemingly had the match won with the judas effect you know pressing a and b and no mercy and stealing his own move and sending chris jericho packing to the commentary desk but second referee comes in match restarts chris jericho makes mjf tap to the walls yeah this was a decent back and forth match with you know your classic wrestling tropes and your classic wrestling finishes the most anticipated match of the night that i'm surprised but also not surprised given what we saw later that it didn't main event chicago's own cm punk versus darby allen in punk's first match since royal rumble 2014 seven and a half years later and this match was fantastic they put it all out there punk had gts fairly early in the match but darby managed to escape the ring and flop outside there was a spot here where darby got flung into the post spine first made my fused spine tingle right there and then there was a gts like a catch in GTS, and that was it. After the match, the, the three show a sign of respect, and I kind of also wanted to see what uh, Mance was predicting on the, on the Delight Show this past week, where we saw where we were going to see the GTS on Grandpa Sting. That would have been funny, but 
to no avail. They show a sign of respect afterwards. In the washroom break match, we saw the big show Paul White versus QT Marshall. <clears throat> That's QT Marshall. Okay. In a quick match that uh, Paul White won chokeslam. Good to see Paul White back in the ring in good shape here. But this was just the least interesting thing on the whole show. And next up, the main event, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW title. Two Canadian classics in the ring here. Great back and forth match here. Bunch of near falls, bunch of shenanigans with the elite. And then Kenny Omega wins with a Brett's rope. Uh, not Angel's Wings, good lord. Uh, one Winged Angel. After the match, Kenny Omega grabs the mic. He says, you know, no one can beat, the only people, you know, no one can beat me. The only ones that could possibly do it are retired or not here or dead. Lights go out. Adam Cole, baby, makes his AEW debut. Shocking. Shocking stuff here, because it was just a couple of weeks ago we saw him and Kyle O'Reilly wrap up their feud in NXT at TakeOver. Then he was a free agent. And then he signed with All Elite, thinking he was going to get in the ring and face off with his former Elite counterparts, who killed him off on BTE, by the way. But Swerve Bro, Super Kicks Jungle Boy, who was out there, you know, running off the Elite after the post-match beatdown. And then he gets in the ring. He has a moment with the Elite. And then Kenny Omega's like, well, okay. <clears throat> I bid you goodbye and good not Flight of the Valkyries. Brian Danielson makes his AEW debut 90 seconds. After Adam Cole Bay Bay does, just the roof blows off the place. People are losing their freaking minds. I am shouting in my living room, probably waking up the neighborhood. Brian stands in the ring opposite the Elite with Jurassic Express and whoever else was out there. And they have a brawl. Daniel Bryan does the flying knee to somebody. And we go off the air with... These new signees. Minura Suzuki. Ruby Soho. Brian Danielson. Adam Cole, baby. What a night. What a pay-per-view. That's one of the best pay-per-views I have seen in a long time. It's the best of the year. Right now, it's the best of the year by a country freaking mile. Now that Adam Cole is not in NXT, NXT's getting allegedly this revamp. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I mean, if they still have Cameron Grimes, if they still have like O'Reilly and the Diamond Mind and the Cruiserweight division and Kushida, I'll catch in here and there, but it's just not the same. You know, Bobby Fish is gone, and now Adam Cole is all elite. And the fact that we never got the Undisputed Era at WrestleMania is a freaking crime against nature. It's unforgivable, and the bookers should be ashamed of themselves. 
Now, keep in mind, maybe COVID had something to do with a lot of roster call-ups not happening because who wants to see UE get called up in front of a bunch of Thunderdome screens? I sure as hell don't. So that could have played a part, but yeah, that's uh, that's a paddling, as uh, Jasper would say on The Simpsons. So that is it for this half of the show, folks. I still have to talk about Monday Night Raw from 2001 from San Antonio, Texas. So you know that's going to be a good time. Stay tuned, peeps. After these messages, I'll be right back with Raw. It's 2021, y'all. And you know exactly what that means. New Year, same me. Just in case you forgot, it's your man, the one and only, Mr. YLP himself, Zach, your host of the YLP podcast, reminding you, yes, you, that you are listening to Wrestle Ad Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Buzz, buzz, this is the Queen B, the K Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Fretzelmania exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And welcome back to Fretzelmania 44, DMD's Nuts. This portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio, the cure for the common wrestling Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you exclusive access to a group chat with all of us on the network and some lovely other patrons as well. You get 15% off of our merch on spring. You get exclusive shows such as Fretz's Fave 5, The 20 Bell Salute, Tales of an Epic Nature with King Ricky Rose, Light the Fuse with Mr. YLP, and any other bonus shows. I actually dropped some all-out predictions last week, so go back and listen to see how badly I did. This month, the 20 Bell Salute is going to cover Unforgiven 2001 and so, so much more. And now it is time to jump in the 56k modem powered DeLorean to 2001 to talk about Monday Night Raw from September 10th of that year. Yes, the day before. Literally the day before 9-11. I already had my piece about it earlier in the show. We move on. Starts off with a package from SmackDown where Steve Austin is uh, fixing to kick whoever's ass comes through the Alliance locker room next. And that is none other than Rob... Van Dam. Stone Cold says, Tonight, you're Kurt Angle, and I'm fixing to take my aggression out on you. And they have a belter of a non-title match here. Let's put a pin in that one. That eventually gets to Kurt Angle costing Austin the match, and Rob Van Dam, the hardcore champion, has pinned the WWE champion. There's a little bit of crack starting to form in the alliance here so let's wait and see how this goes stone cold and the entire alliance come out to the ring for a promo here and he says you think that i'd be embarrassed but no uh 
Paul Heyman has a line here that Americans, please help me out with this one because I am not well versed in American history. Uh, Paul Heyman has a line here saying that WWE is conquered territory like Texas is from Mexico. Americans, please help me out. Stone Cold has the mic, you know, boo, asshole, Austin sucks, etc. You'd think that'd be a shame that RVD beat me. You'd be ashamed to be thrown off a bridge, to be ashamed that I begged and I cried last week. No, I'm ashamed at you fans. And you fans watching at home, RVD, get in the ring. Like, are you proud of yourself? Who the hell do you think you are? Me? I'm Rob Van Dam. Like, I don't like you. I don't like you either. But then Stone Cold hugs him for reasons. It's like, you know, he has confidence. I like that. How about you use that confidence to challenge Kurt Angle to a match? And then he hypes up Test. He's like, hey, you can use that confidence test. Who else has confidence test? Use that to challenge The Rock. Canyon. Uh, he's like, I'm going to have an open challenge for the U.S. title because who better than Canyon besides Stone Cold? And then Taz comes in the ring and Taz is kind of trying to be the realist in the group here and says, hey, you're going to Kurt Angle's hometown. Maybe you're going to lose. And then the Alliance beat down Taz. It looks like the human suplex machine might no longer be a part of the Alliance. Who knows? After the break, we have the one Billy Gunn going up against Christian. Christian coming out to a beta version of his At Last You're On Your Own theme, complete with the Latin in the middle of the theme. Hello, phone, and hello, mother, who just texted me. Shout out to my mom. Much like Mance, sometimes I get messages during recording as well. Now I'm going to answer this one live on air. This is just a quick match here. Uh, Billy goes for the Famouser, but Christian puts the referee kind of in the path here. And then uses that momentum to put his foot on the ropes to win this match. After the fact here, uh, Billy Gunn doesn't take too kindly to being cheated in this match and he tries to uh injure christian by going for the one and only off of and onto the ring steps which would look weird and kind of hurt but christian throws him off the steps here and brains him with the steel chair backstage test is once again being chummy with his ex-fiance this time uh, test is talking about softening up the rock for Unforgiven 13 days following this. And then he says to Stephanie, thank you for breaking up with me. It really toughened me up. And Stephanie's like, yeah, let's up the ante and make this a handicap match. And I think there was a stipulation in here where the Rock gets to choose who Test's partner is. That is totally not going to backfire on them at all. Not at all. Lance and the Hurricane have a bit backstage where Lance Storm compliments the Hurricane by thinking that pretending to be a superhero is a form of mockery making fun of the cartoonishness of the WWE. And Hurricane's like, Citizen Storm, don't be a sanctimonious unbeliever. What's up with that? Oh, 
Ooh, we got a birth of something else here. What's up with that? Hmm. Me likey. Me likey a lot. So, they have a six-person tag team match with Team Extreme, Storm, Hurricane, and Sidekick Ivory. This is just a typical schmozzy six-person match with these teams that we have seen before, and I think we'll see again. Uh, Lan uh, not Lance, good lord. The Hurricane does something that he does throughout the rest of his gimmick. He dons the cape to do a flying crossbody off of the top rope. Lita has a hot tag here and has a great piece with Ivory here, being the two you know, good workers in the women's division at the time. Well, maybe Ivory carrying Lita, because Lita was still a uh, little green, a little off here, a little botchy here, but, you know, Lita was still, you know, damn good. Lance tries to superplex Lita, who is sitting on the top turnbuckle, but is kicked off. She then, hello, my phone again, does the Lita Karana to the Hurricane, and because this is an intergender match, not a mixed tag team match, Matt Hardy hits the twist of fate on Ivory. Lita hits the moonsault. Team Extreme wins. Now, Ivory, you know, she is a legendarily tough lady. Uh, she brings it in the ring and expects everyone else to bring it to her. She kind of reminds me, of, in a way... Of May Young. You know, I've told this story countless times, but it's because I love it so much. When May Young was gonna get super bombed off the stage by Bubba Dudley, you know, she grabs Bubba by the scruff of the shirt and says, You don't go easy on me. You slam you slam me as hard as you can. You got it? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yep, yep. And then backstage, you know, you know, she gets the bit where she stretch it off, and then they have a moment and she's basically like yeah that was okay <laughs> she's like 80 and getting super bombed off the freaking stage may ah may young r.a.p what an absolute icon and yeah this was just a typical you, you know what filler match the rock and michael cole have a moment backstage and by moment i mean michael cole interrupts the rock when he's trying to have a shower and stares at his cock the Rock just got out of the shower. Give The Rock one minute. And, you know, Michael Cole looks down. Are you staring at the people's package? Eyes up here, Cole. Blah, blah, blah. APA playing poker. Chris Jericho comes in and is like, hey, is, you know, I'll, I I would like to have a beer and I'm not much for cards, but you guys know we have a match. Are you ready? Damn right, we're ready. We're in Texas. We're in God's country. Blah, 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 something, something, Texas, Texas, because JBL is from Texas. Jericho says that the APA and Stephanie actually have something in common. Protection. The APA sells protection, and Stephanie doesn't use any protection. Oh, boy. Another backstage bit. Tajiri and William Regal and Tajiri's new squeeze, Tori Wilson, are in the commissioner's office. And he's like, are you... Sure, you want to go through this match? I mean, the Dudley boys put you through a table. You got mercilessly beat by Booker T. Uh, are you sure you want to answer Canyon's open challenge? You know, he's like, yep, basically, but in Japanese. And then, you know, they're, they're canoodling. They're having a big-time PDA right on Commissioner's table. Seriously, guys, boundaries. And and Regal's just like, just keep your mind on your match. All right? 
And then now we have The Rock and Michael Cole. It's like, Cole, eye contact, eyes up here, you know, no staring at uh, the people's package. And it's like, to be a tag team partner with Test, they have to be fast. To be dumb enough to, t to team with Test, they have to be easy to manipulate and have no testicles whatsoever. So I am picking Test's tag team partner to be Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. The happy couple, the former engaged couple, together again. And then he has a, here comes the test. And the hoe with big breast. Watch as they go getting, I don't know how the rest of the song goes. I'm out of tune. Watch as they go getting their asses kicked all over San Antonio. And Cole is corpsing if you smell. Blah, 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 cooking, blah, 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 blah. Rhino. And the Dudley Boys versus Y2J and APA. Another schmozzy, typical WWE multi-person tag team match that we've seen before. Bradshaw has the fallaway slam on Devon. And while he's holding Devon, someone else tries to bolt in on him. Eats a boot. We get a schmoz here. A gore is missed by Rhino. Rhino going to gore Chris Jericho. But he eats the turnbuckle, gets nailed by the clothesline from hell, and the lion's salt, and the baby faces win. Steph and Test have another backstage bit here. And Test is like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I want to have The Rock one-on-one, -on -one, basically wanting to protect her in a way. And she's like, no, I want in this match. I want to kick The Rock's ass. RVD and Austin have a bit, and RVD is asking the rattlesnake for advice about Kurt Angle but also about his title. Should I defend the hardcore title? And, well, it basically boils down to yes. Yes. RVD versus Kurt Angle is for the hardcore championship. Next up, the two native Texans, Booker T versus The Undertaker. And throughout this entire match, I am just so bothered by this obnoxious, Horn in the audience. You know those old wrestling shows that had a whole bunch of vuvuzelas and air horns? Freaking obnoxious. Stop it. This ain't a football match. Come on. Like, do they let those things in arenas anymore? I was watching like All Out last night and a bit of SmackDown on Friday, and I don't remember hearing them. I don't remember the last time I heard a vuvuzela at a wrestling event. Maybe they ban those things now, which, you know, all power to them. You know, ban them right up there with those friggin' red laser pointers. Look at early Attitude Era Raws, right before they started, you know, banning these things and stopping selling them. You saw them everywhere. It'd be like, historic moment in the middle of the ring, you know, like, it's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! Red laser pointers. Like, Stone Cold! Stone Cold! There's the WWE Champion! Red laser pointers. Ruining! Wrestling! Don't be a dick. Taker eats a Harlem sidekick. He goes for the scissors kick, but it is reversed. He goes for a chokeslam, but Steven Richards gets involved here, and there is no disqualification, because Taker chokes Steven Richards, but is jumped by Booker T, eats the scissors kick, and wins. Uh... Yeah, while Steven Richards didn't touch The Undertaker, he got in the ring and got touched by Taker. No DQ. What's up with that? So, 
Booker wins this match, and while Taker is going to rip Richards' head off, you know, Richards has been targeting Taker because he blames him for the right to censor dissolving. Okay, then, but then Chronic, oh, good lord, the... Uh, okay, here's, here's the thing. I love Adam Baum, Wrath, whatever you want to call him, the, the Night Stalker, Brian Clark, and I loved Crush, Brian Adams. Not that Brian Adams, not Summer 69, Cuts Like a Knife, Brian Adams. Canadian Royalty, Brian Adams. Crush. This tag team, well, at least when they came to the WWE here, because they were both like, I think they were both working kind of hurt or they weren't going to developmental. I don't really, really know. I recently listened to Brian Clark on Cultaholic's Desert Island Graps with Tom Campbell. That's a great podcast, by the way, where they interview people. They interview wrestlers. They interview personalities. They recently had Gerard the Completionist from YouTube on a video. And it's like, what three matches would you take to a Desert Island? Uh, then you have to bring an album, a movie, and a luxury item. If I can give, you, I can give you mine almost right off the bat. Uh, it would be Raven versus Kane versus Big Show for the Hardcore Title at WrestleMania 17, Austin versus Hart at WrestleMania 13. My third one is up in the air. I don't know what it would be yet. Album, Van Halen 1. Movie, ooh, you're, you're making me choose. I mean, Tommy Boy is my all-time favorite movie. I could watch that countlessly. So, hey, bring that luxury item a switch so I can have something to do while being on this desert island. Anyways, back to Chronic. Yeah, they just didn't have a good run here. They did the high time through a table to take her, and we're off to the races for... Which would be end up being the worst match of the year 2001 at Unforgiven, the Brothers of Destruction versus Chronic. No offense to those two, those four workers, but that match just it it stunk as bad as ever. It's a shame. I like them, especially Brian Clark, Adam Bomb. He's awesome. Shout out to the Bomb Squad. Steph's on the phone with her brother. It's like, I haven't asked Hunter about this, but he's a supportive husband, so he'll support me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to team with Test here. I'm going to be in this match, blah, blah, blah. Tajiri versus Canyon for the WCW United States Championship. And in this match here, Canyon goes for what used to be his finisher as, a, as a Mortis. It was the top rope Simone drop that he used to call the flatliner before he started doing like the face crusher slash self rock bottom. A very innovative move here. Canyon was such, such a good worker here. Tajiri has the tarantula. Canyon has his belt, but Tori grabs it, accidentally hits Tajiri with it. Tajiri kicks out. Canyon goes for the foot on the rope spot. Tori, uh, I'm sorry, is yelling at the referee. And then throughout this whole shenaniganary schmoz bit here, there's a lot of schmoz and shenanigans in, uh, in this particular era of wrestling. Green Mist, kick in the face, and new United States champion, Tajiri. Awesome. Freaking love Tajiri, especially in this uh, storyline. Austin Pep Talks, Rob Van Dam, you know, get out there, blah, 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 whatever. RVD versus Kurt Angle for the hardcore title. 
This is the only title that Kurt Angle hasn't won yet. He's been... Wait, has he been a tag champion at this point? I think he was for like a day. Uh, world champion, Euro, Intercontinental. He's not qualified for light heavyweight, so he's not really the super duper Grand Slam or whatever winner that would technically be. So we have a spot here where he has the an angle, has the ankle lock, but there's a big nope here. And on the outside of the ring, he has the ankle lock on Rob Van Dam again, but with one leg... Rob Van Dam is able to hobble and get a steel chair and brain Kurt Angle with that. They come back in the ring where Rob has the chair in his hand. He goes for that monkey flip, flipping back onto the chair spot, but he gets spine bustered on it by Angle instead. We see another big schmoz happen here. And on the stage, Kurt Angle has the ankle lock locked in on Rob Van Dam, and he wins the Hardcore Championship and the second the bell rings. Austin is there to hoy Kurt Angle off of the stage through some equipment here. And yeah, he's the new hardcore champion here, but he's too injured to celebrate. And then for good measure, Steve throws Rob Van Dam off of the stage as well and onto Angle. And just like that, flip of a switch. Rob Van Dam is once again the hardcore champion. Uh, Angle gets the stretcher job here, and he gets the quiet voice. JR and Paul are screaming at each other. And in the main event here, Test and Steph in a handicap match against The Rock. Swerve, Steph joins commentary for bits of this match, but then she gets involved for the usual interference, like slapping The Rock when they're in front of the broken commentary desk, uh, tripping The Rock when he goes for the people's elbow, uh, Getting a tag, getting a blind tag in here after Test gets the boot onto The Rock's face. The Rock, of course, kicks out at two. Test saves Steph from a rock bottom. And Steph is motioning for Booker T to run to the ring here. But in amongst this chaos, just like that, The Rock beats Test. And to end the show, Michael Cole is trying to catch up with Stone Cold, saying that, hey... Kurt Angle's neck is injured. Your unforgiven match baby off. And Kurt Angle is just like, what, what, what? Mocking him. And what did I remember from this show? Quite frankly, not, not a lot of it. I do remember, though, Taz being beaten down and ousted, maybe ousted from the Alliance. I totally... Totally forgot that Steph and Test tagged against The Rock, that that was a thing. And if I could change something, frankly, I would like to put Tajiri versus Canyon for the U.S. title on pay-per-view, on Unforgiven. So that's been it for this one, folks. Thank you very much for, for listening to the show. Give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok at Fretzelmania, F-R-E. T-Z-L-E Mania. Follow us at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter. Wrestle Addict Radio on Instagram. Facebook pages. You know the whole likes. Listen to all of us. The Kings of the Rings podcast. The Young Lions Perspective. The Delight Show. And myself, Fretzelmania. Folks, we will see you next week. Have a good one.